welcome everybody to Faith Church Chats. I'm your host, Isaiah Gearlings. Uh, thanks for joining us on our fifth episode and a very special episode as it is our first episode with a non-faith church member. Uh, today we have Providence Worship Director, uh, Tyler Schnudy. Tyler, how are you doing today? Hey man, I'm doing awesome. How about you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you uh, wanting to be on. Of course. Um, before we uh, jump into those questions, uh, could you please introduce yourself? I sure can. Yeah, so like you said, my name is Tyler Schnudy. Um, I am on staff at Providence Church. Um, that is right across the street from Holland Christian um, in Holland. And I am the director of music and worship. Um, I've been on staff at Providence probably, let's see, so I started as an intern in the summer of 2016. So it's been It'll be four years this summer um, since I first started, um, and I've been in the role of director of worship since last fall. So that's been that's been about six months now. Um, so I grew up on the east side of Michigan um, in the Howell area. So that's um, kind of like closer to Detroit, I guess. That's kind of where I grew up. Um, and then I went to Taylor University in Indiana, kind of a small school in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then as soon as I graduated is when I started. Uh, as an intern at Providence. So that's kind of right after I graduated. I kind of started at Providence. I interned here for a summer and then I've been on staff ever since. So I've been kind of in the Holland, West Michigan area. Yeah, for almost four years now. So it's been a fun ride. Awesome. Um, so let's start out with those questions. Uh, my first question for you is what do you do uh, to, to prepare for worship on Sundays? Yeah. So um, as it relates to kind of my process of how I prepare myself and I prepare the worship team through rehearsals and all that kind of stuff, I think I try to look at the goal of the preparation process to get to the point where I as a worship leader and the worship team and I guess the, the AV team, anyone that's like a part of the worship experience, I want us to be at a point where when we get to the point that we're on stage and we're leading that we're past sort of like the details and of like oh i hope the the slide is coming in at the right time i hope the electric player knows he's starting the song i kind of want us to be past those sorts of things so that we can i guess engage in worship ourselves and we can engage the congregation in worship because i think at the end of the day that's kind of what you're hoping to be able to do as a worship team is not you know perform really good music necessarily. I mean, that's hopefully you're going to do that well. Um, but our, our job at the end of the day is to, you know, to help lead people into the presence of God. And so the way I look at that week is how are we preparing ourselves so that when we get to that point on a Sunday morning, our focus can be on that and, and less as, and less on the, the nitty gritty, you know, details. And obviously that's not always, there's always going to be times where I have to like, okay, how the heck do I play this riff again? And like, there are going to be moments where, you know, you have to concentrate on certain things more than others. Um, but on a general level, yeah, that's kind of how I approach the week is, um, you know, I think about for myself, I usually I have songs picked out um, usually like the Thursday or Friday of the previous week. So like 10 days before, so that people can be practicing. They usually can pick up their folders of music um, you know, the Sunday beforehand so that they have that week to be practicing on their own. Um, 
it's kind of up to them if they're really practicing on their own, you know, before rehearsal. Um, but yeah, and then so I just try to look at that week and say, what are going to be the, I try to anticipate, hey, this is a tougher song. Maybe we're going to have some issues getting through this spot. Um, or this is a new song I know we're going to have to spend more time on. Um, and just try to look at the week as a whole, as, as a worship team, look at the transitions that we're going to do. And I think the biggest hurdle usually throughout the week is how to organize the rehearsal so that you can get as far as possible in as short of amount of a time. Obviously, because we think about, you know, these are people usually with full-time jobs. They have families they're coming home to. We could probably spend four hours at rehearsal if we wanted to, but how do we get it into like a condensed rehearsal and get to that point where um, we can feel confident in ourselves, feel confident in each other. So that comes Sunday morning. Um, yeah, we can really truly just be worship leaders and less musicians. I think that's kind of the goal so that when we get to, um, you know, the part where we're actually leading a congregation in worship, um, that can be our main focus. So that kind of dictates kind of the things that I focus on in rehearsal. Um, and in order to get to that point, you obviously have to spend a lot of time on some of those details so that they do become second nature. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, you also, um, along with leading worship on Sunday, you also help uh, with worship for middle school and high school youth group. Um, what's the best part about, uh, doing that? Oh man, everything <laughs> that, that is, I don't like, yeah, I definitely don't pick favorites of like, what's my favorite part of my job or anything. Um, but that is definitely one of them. I think that has been such a, it's such a different energy. I think working with students that age, um, I would say my favorite thing about it has been just, there's such a tangible and visible growth that you can see in those students at that age. I think there's something interesting, especially as a middle schooler. It's like, I think that's the age where they are really starting to have thoughts and have emotions like on a deeper level and feelings. Um, and, and just like very interesting ideas about God and their spirituality and worship. Um, and at the same time, it's like, they're haven't quite gotten to the point where there's a filter and they, they're not quite self-conscious enough to like really guard anything. So everything is just kind of out there in a way, like on a physical level, you just kind of see things that you don't see in adults. When you, when you talk with middle schoolers in small group, you'll just have conversations you would never have with adults because there's, it's just a different kind of age where you're, you have, you have these deep thoughts, I think. And I think there's something so profound about the way that they think about God because they haven't had there's something I think the Bible talks about it. Like there's something beautiful about a childlike faith. And so I think getting to participate in worship with that kind of environment where there's just emotions are out there. Kids are crying, you know, like not all the time, but like there's just like a different kind of energy than worshiping, I think with adults. And there's a beautiful thing about that too. But I think getting to see the contrast and being a part of worship from middle, middle school and high schoolers is um, just such a completely different experience and I think for me, just because I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not like super old, but I'm also like, um, I, I feel like I've, I've moved away from that in the last few years where I'm like, I'm now like in my mid twenties. Um, it's kind of cool to revisit those things. And I still feel like in some ways I just relate uh, to a middle schooler. And so that's just been really fun to like worship in that energy because it still feels like a part of who I am deep down in a way. So it's just been, it's been a really good experience. That's awesome. Um, what is your favorite worship song? That's a really tough one, man. Um, so I think there are some worship songs. I, it almost changes in a way. Like I think just like any music, you know, you listen to 
a song long enough and you're you, you, know, you get sick of it eventually so I think there's like definitely like in a moment or in a in a period of time um, I have like a favorite song um, for this season that I'm in or, or depending on what songs I'm listening to at, at the moment and it may fluctuate so I'm trying to think of like what it would be almost as an overarching thing because there are a few songs I think that um, have almost transcended time in a way for me um, and a couple come to mind. I, I guess the one that probably I would, if you were to put a gun to my head, say, what's your favorite worship song? I would probably say In Christ Alone. Um, so that's, you know, almost everybody probably knows that song if you, if you are, if you go to church often or probably not even often, but um, I don't know. There's something so beautiful, I think, about the way the lyrics go. To me, it kind of summarizes the Christian faith in a way. Like you kind of go through the story of Jesus of like, um, you know, you start with, you know, in Christ alone, my hope is found. Um, and then you kind of go through the death of Christ and the burial of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Like you get the whole story and then it's like, now there's no guilt in life and no fear in death. Um, so you kind of see the whole journey for me of like what it is to be saved because of uh, who Jesus was. Um, and the music is it's almost so iconic now. Like, I don't even know what to say about it other than like, it's in Christ alone. Like it's the song. Um, and I love getting to do that song. Um, there's like so many different arrangements you can do with it where it's like, some of my favorite songs are hymns that have been sort of redone in modern context because you kind of get the best of, you know, the, the very poetic kind of very sort of more intricate lyricism that I, I personally like. And you get my personal you know, flavor of music is kind of the more contemporary, loud electric guitar sort of vibe. So I think the combination of those two things, uh, there's a version of In Christ Alone by King's Kaleidoscope. That's really, really cool. That kind of does that. Um, so if I had to pick a song, it'd probably be In Christ Alone. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite verse or character story of the Bible? Um, let me pull it up for you. <clears throat> so... Yeah, I feel like, I, again, I could pick so many different ones. Um, I would probably go with, if if there's a verse that I think I try to base my life on, if there was one of those verses, um, it would probably be, it'd actually probably be the whole chapter of Ephesians 2. Um, but I'll, I'll, if I can read it for you, um, I'll read, starting at verse 4 through, let's see, verse 10. Um and this is the NLT version. So it's a little more, um, maybe a little more common language, I guess. But so it says, <clears throat> but God who is so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's so good. I think there's, um, I see sort of two parts of it. One is that it tells us 
and it tells me who I am. Um, it tells me who I'm not. So it tells me that I am God's masterpiece, like God's masterpiece, the God of creation. I am his masterpiece. And it also tells me that I am not the person that I was before I was saved and the person that sometimes I feel is still within me, the sinful part of who I am, you know, in my sinful nature and my flesh. Um, that does not define who I am. Um, and the other part of it is that the, the difference between who I was before I was saved and who I am now has nothing to do with me. Like it has nothing to do with anything I did and it has everything to do with what God did. Um, and it says, you know, we, we don't boast about that change. We don't boast about the fact that we have new life because we, I didn't do anything to do that. I didn't do anything to deserve that. Um, it was all the work of God. Um, and I think that just tells me everything I need to know about how I want to live my life. Like I want to live my life as a new creation, you know, not, um, I don't, I don't want to live out of the desires of my flesh, out of the desires of, of my, my sin. Uh, I want to live according to like who I actually am that this verse tells me that I am. Um, but I want to, I don't boast about that. I do that humbly because I didn't do anything, you know, to, for that transition to occur. Um, God is the one that took me from one state to another. And so it's all glory to God. So it's, it's living in a way that's, you know, according to my identity, but it's not, it's not, there's no pride in that. There's no boasting in that. It's only, um, you know, giving glory to the Lord because he is the one that, one that did that. So, um, yeah, I feel like if I live my life in a way that is true to what that verse tells me who I am, that's kind of how I, I try to sort of orient a lot of my, my actions and my thoughts and, and all of that. So that's a really important verse to me. That's a, that's a really, that's a really big one. Exactly. Uh, thanks for uh, sharing with that. That was very well said. Um, how long have you been playing guitar and do you uh, play any other instruments along with that? Yeah. So um, guitar is actually not my primary instrument. So I actually grew up playing piano. That's what I would consider um, to be my primary instrument. So I started playing piano when I was six, I think. And so I grew up taking lessons and I ended up, you know, um, I think the, the big like step for me was when I realized I could print out a chord chart and like learn how to play, you know, any kind of song that I liked on the radio or anything like that. And, um, and then and my dad actually plays guitar and he had a guitar in the house. So I picked up a guitar and I'm like, okay, this is kind of like a piano. It's, it's laid out differently, but all the notes are there he taught me like a few basic chords and then I actually taught myself how to play the guitar just because of my knowledge of piano and of music theory. Um, so that, I don't know when I actually would say I even started playing guitar. It was probably maybe like in middle school or like early high school, I guess. I don't really know. Cause I never actually took guitar lessons. Um, but I would say I dabble in a lot of instruments. Like, you know, like there's a ukulele. I guess I play the ukulele, but I'm not like, I would not say I'm that great at it. I just kind of know how to play the chords. Um, I think just because of my knowledge, starting with piano and I went to school for music and I have a pretty deep understanding of a lot of musical ideas, I can kind of pick up a lot of different instruments and sort of get to a very like easy level at them pretty quickly. Um, but I would say piano, guitar, and I, I guess drums would be the ones that I would say like I, I would call myself like a drummer or a guitarist or a pianist. Um, I probably want to call myself a, a, a ukulelist. I don't know what it's called. A person who plays the ukulele. I can, I can kind of pick it up and play some chords, but so those would be the three, I would say piano, guitar, and drums are the ones that I would say I, I can play pretty confidently. That's awesome. Um, what 
um, is the best part about your job as a uh, director of worship? Mm. Best parts. I think it has to be um, the moments of leading worship where it's sort of, um, it's so apparent and so obvious that God is like moving in the room and God is working and seeing people engage in worship and seeing people engage with the Holy Spirit. Um, I feel like that's a cliche answer as a worship leader, but that is truly the best part. Um, Cause I'm not going to say that that happens, you know, 100% of the time, every time we lead worship in every song, like there are so many factors that play into that. And there's so many, and so many, so we're not necessarily even, expecting that or anticipating that to happen depending on um the week and lots of different things um to happen in such a like a very visceral way um but i think that the most memorable experience i've had leading worship at providence and even just being a part of worship experiences in my life as part of like congregations and stuff like that um there's always this crazy unifying spirit that happens when people when when i guess when we really just reach that point where like God is in this place and we are singing to the Holy spirit that is among us and with us. Um, it's such a supernatural thing and there's such a community aspect of it, doing it corporately. Cause it's one thing, you know, we have those personal worship experiences in our own personal lives. Um, but there's something so spectacular. I think about doing it as a body. Um, and I've seen that in so many different ways. And I think just mostly because, I mean, it would be one thing, it would be easy to say, oh, that means I did my job well, um, or like I led worship well. Um, it's really ironic because a lot of times when that happens, it's on the weeks where I feel like I probably didn't do that great. And it's it's because God is the one that basically did something there. Um, and that those are the best moments is when it's like, it was so bigger than myself. It was so like, I had this plan, I had these songs I was going to do. And I, you know, you go throughout that process every week. And then sometimes God kind of maybe decides to do something different than what you would expect. Um, and that just gives you, it gives me kind of the hope and um, it just strengthens my belief that, you know, what I'm doing is not me creating this experience or me playing really great music. It is creating an environment where God can do something and God can do quite a bit more than I can do, you know? So I think the moments where that becomes so apparent and so visible, um, those are like my favorite moments. Um, so uh, there are a lot of them, but that's kind of in a nutshell, I think my favorite part of being a worship leader is getting to be a part of those kinds of experiences. Fantastic. Um, so here at Faith and in so many churches around the world, they ha- we have our own certain way we do worship. Here at Faith, we have two two services, one that is more um, s- more. Uh, it's more in style for old hymnals. Um, and we have another service where we do more contemporary music. Um, could you um, kind of explain and elaborate what worship looks like at Providence? Yeah. So um, we have for a while, maybe, maybe more so before I got there um, in 2016, before I got here in 2016 or kind of around that era, we, I think the word that was used was blended worship. Um, so we have two identical services Um and the blended word, I think, relates to the fact that we will do hymns, we will do contemporary songs, we will use liturgical elements um, when it's appropriate. We don't always go with the same liturgical elements every week. Excuse me. 
Um, so that's where it's like, for some people, depending on your background, maybe it will feel very contemporary if you grew up like in a very traditional church. Um, but if you go to like a big kind of contemporary mega church and then come to Providence, it might feel more traditional. Um, so it's kind of, it kind of walks the line, I think in between. Um, although I would say probably in more recent years, I think we have evolved a little bit more on the contemporary side of the spectrum to the point where I don't know if blended is necessarily the word I would use anymore. I think it's, it's very contemporary, um, on, on a most given weeks, um, we're doing pretty current songs. Um, I think we will always use hymns because there are certain hymns that I think are going to be part of the church catalog um, for eternity um, because of just the the historical significance that they have and the fact that it a lot of times that just binds people together because I think for the most part, um, you know, older people like hymns, younger people like hymns. I think that's something that is always going to be part of of worship, at least at Providence, it will be. Um, so it's definitely contemporary. Um, I think it's, it's pretty, I would say there's nothing super unique in terms of the structure. You know, we usually start with worship. Um, and a lot of times there's announcements or there's, we, we do try to be creative about how some, certain things are done. Um, and most weeks there might be one or two things that are, that are different that kind of spice it up, I guess. Um, but for the most part, there's, you know, there's worship at the top. We do, we do some, maybe high energy stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe we do more contemplative, start it out, kind of depends. Um, and then we will go into announcements and then we'll go into scripture and message. And then um, there'll be some kind of response. A lot of times that's a song. Um, sometimes it's something else. Maybe it's a, it's a prayer. Um, so I would say it, it generally follows a pretty typical structure, probably for like a contemporary church where you kind of, you kind of bookend it with music. Um, and you might throw in a couple other elements here or there, depending on, on the week and, and what's appropriate for the, the service, what the message is on, and, and those kinds of things. So, Great. Uh, thanks for explaining that. Um, what are some hobbies that you have? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's changed since I've become like a full-on adult, you know? So, um, I, so music is always a huge part of my life. So I know it's like, it's boring to say like music is a hobby, but it totally is. Cause there's like the kind of the professional side, there's the spiritual side of music. And then there's kind of more just the person like hobby side of music that I definitely engage with. I love listening to music. Um, I love writing music. Um, I love just like jamming with people. So um, that's something that I'm missing right now for sure. Right now in this time is just being able to like play music with other people. Um, so that's definitely, I would consider music a hobby as well as, uh, as a profession, which is kind of weird, but I think that's true for me. Um, I love being outdoors. Um, I be, I've become a little bit of a biker in the last couple of years. Um, there's a trail around here that I've been going to now that it's gotten warmer. That's, it kicks my butt because I'm not really that professional of a mountain biker or anything, but it's just kind of fun to challenge myself and, um, yeah, just be out in the in nature and, get to I like to move fast so that's why I like bikes I don't like running I like riding my bikes I like to go fast um I also I uh, I don't know I want to call myself a reader I guess um but I have just started reading more because I have a little bit more free time right now I started reading Harry Potter never read Harry Potter in my life and I am really enjoying reading Harry Potter so I hopefully this is going to be a springboard for me uh, to start reading more because it's like one of those things that I want to like like I want to be a reader that seems like something I would like to do because I'm kind of introverted I like being alone I like getting into the middle of a story and stuff 
uh, but I don't know why. Like sometimes I've, I've never been that motivated to start reading. So maybe through quarantine, I'm going to become a reader. We'll see. As an avid reader myself, there are there are two ends of the spectrum with Harry Potter. I've read the series. You either like the series or you don't. Do you like it or do you not? Uh, I, I really like it. Um, so right now I am just right at the end of the Goblet of Fire. Um, I think I have like a few chapters ago. So some pretty crazy stuff just happened where the enemy was just like resurrected and it was like this crazy. I was like, I was like, whoa, this is nuts. Um, so I'm actually really excited to see how it unfolds. And I know very little about the plot. Like not very much to me has been spoiled at all. So I know like one main thing that's going to happen and that's about it. So I've kept, I've kept it pretty under wraps. So I'm excited just to get to follow the story that I don't know, that I know is really good. It wouldn't be as popular as it is if it wasn't good. So, and like, I love Lord of the Rings. I love Star Wars. Like there's no reason, I knew there was no reason I wouldn't like Harry Potter and I was right. It's, it's really good, so. Once you finish the books, you're going to love the movies. The movies are a lot more like jam-packed. They're more energy. They're su- They're very well done. So, um, um, yes, I'm excited. I've seen the first couple. Yeah, they 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 are really good. They they are well they they are well done. Um, I've got one more question for you, Tyler. Um, what is your favorite part about summers in West Michigan? So this is easy. Um, it is definitely Lake Michigan. Um, I have a very like personal, like nostalgic love for being at the lake and like camping and going to the beach. My family, um, I grew up on the east side of the state, so we didn't have, like, we couldn't go to Lake Michigan all the time, but we would, mm-hmm. until, like, recently, as the kid, you know, we've become adults, it's been a little bit harder to, to do it, but probably for the first, I don't know, 20 years of my life, we would go camping at least once a summer, or sometimes twice a summer at Lake Michigan, we'd go to Ludington, or um, uh, PJ Hoffmaster is one of my favorites, a couple other places that we go on the on the west coast of Michigan, Um and so I have so many memories of summer vacation and be with my family. And we had a group of friends that we would go with almost every year. And so now that I'm out here in West Michigan and that is like just readily available any day, you know, if I have the time to go out there. Um, I love that. And I love getting on my bike and riding to the beach and just like, <laughs> this is, this tells you like <laughs> a little bit of who I am, but one of my favorite pastimes is literally just like going to the beach and like laying my face in the sand and just like lay there in the sun for like an hour straight. Like I love doing that. Um, so yeah, I, that's been like a huge perk of moving out to West Michigan is getting to just be by the lake and get to go to Lake Michigan. Well, you know, if I'm able to go, I can just get out there whenever I want. So that's been really cool. Awesome. Well, that's um, all the questions that I have for you, Tyler. I appreciate uh, you being on here. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. Um, uh, before we end this episode, would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure thing. Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you um, for the ways that you have called Isaiah and called myself into uh, just being your children and getting to um, uh, just be a part of your kingdom. Right now, it's it's a new day and it's, it's a little bit of a strange season that we're in, um, but we just thank you that we still get to be a part of your church. Um, we thank you that you are still on the move, that you are not on pause, um, but you are still active. Um, I pray for our different ministries and different areas of life right now, that you would um, just be so uh, near to us in those things, that you would be so um, 
just so present in, in all of our, our day-to-day lives. Uh, I just thank you for this day that you've given us. We pray that you would um, give us the strength and everything that we need uh, to go about our week here, um, that we would continue to see you in all things, that we would see you in all people that we interact with, whether it's in person, whether it's on a Zoom call. Uh, we just thank you that you are in control and that we can trust you. Uh, and we just pray for your blessings on each of us as we go uh, to this weekend. Praise in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Tyler. Have a good uh, rest of your day. Thank you, Isaiah. You too. If you like this episode of Faith Church Chats, make sure to listen to an episode you might have missed. And stay tuned for new episodes that come out every Friday.